Welcome to the Girl Redeemed Podcast, where we help women build their faith through testimonies and the Word of God. Stay tuned because today we're going to be interviewing Ray Alvarez, who will be sharing his testimony on why Jesus and answering common questions people have about the gospel. Stay tuned. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Girl Redeemed podcast. This is our first episode with your host, Paige. And today we have on the show for our first episode, his name is Ray Alvarez. And I met this powerful man of God on Instagram, actually, because that is just how amazing the Holy Spirit is. He's able to connect us as believers, even on social media platforms. So I think, I don't know who started following who, but we just started following each other and then we made the connection and then um, God put it on my heart to have him share his testimony on the on the podcast. His Instagram is called The Floridian Watchman. And I'll put the link in the description for the YouTube channel. And then his YouTube is MOC, Man of Christ. So welcome, Ray. Thank you. And you're all the way out there in Florida. Yes. The tropical weather state. (laughs) So I know our viewers are some of them maybe, maybe you've never known Christ. Maybe you're curious. Maybe... You don't know Jesus at all, but you've heard, you've seen a lot of talk about Jesus on this, uh, on this platform. And you want to know, you know, what is, why Jesus, you know, why, why should I follow this God? Why is he the only one true God? And you might be having those questions or you might be watching and you might be a believer and you're just looking to be strengthened in your faith. So so either way, we pray that this really blesses you. So so Ray, how long have you been a believer? I've been a, a believer for twelve years. Um, I was um, born again in two thousand nine. Okay, two thousand nine. That's that's a while. Oh yeah, I see myself as a veteran. <laughs> yeah, but I know we never arrive, right? Like you're all, even you, you're always learning. Oh yes, it doesn't matter how many years you, you've been in this. It's like you're always learning. You know, it's it's a it's a daily process. So, tell us, what were you like? What were you like before you met Jesus? What was what was Ray's personality like? What were some some things you liked to do? What were your behaviors? Well, I know me, my personality. Like, I was very um, introverted. You know, like I was very much to myself. Um, I didn't feel like I belonged in this world. And you know, there was times where there was bullying of course you know there was um sometimes drama with the family and just the list goes on and what that does to someone like me it, it left me feeling uh resentment bitterness um anger sometimes um where i would wish harm on on, on um, certain people like that mm-hmm. and that would just be like oh like what goes around comes around you know that that person is going to get what, what they deserve and um, you know, as far as, as my personality through the later years, um, growing up, I just try to find people to latch on to. Like me, I, you know, I got to some phases. You know, I went through a phase of wearing sunglasses to appear invisible sometimes. Um, 
I would wear like a leather jacket and I would let my hair grow out. You know, I had like a kind of um, emo rocker style look. We're going to um, put a picture of that so our viewers can see. You know, it's, it's one of those phases, you know, is I listen to heavy metal music. I listen to um, um, rock music, um, music of the world, you know, like cursing, you know, and especially with me, like I used to curse like a sailor. Like every every second is like I would have to have a curse word, you know, like it was like wow. Like the the more I think about it now, it's like dang, it's like I feel so <laughs> it's like I'm like Right. Well, you're a new creation in Christ now, so Yes. Old has passed away. I would have never before you told me that I would have never pictured you like that. It's crazy. It's amazing what God can do because I don't even I don't picture you like that at all. That rock um, vibe. You should see my my uh, my friends like that grow me. They'll tell you they'll be like, "Wow, like you should see Ray before he has such a big cock of mouth." But now it's like I'm like G rated right now, and <laughs> even even the sound of a curse word, whether it be from someone I know or someone I don't know, is it would just be so cringy. It'd be like, right. I want to touch on this for some of our viewers that are unbelievers. Do you think that? because you don't behave like that anymore, that you're boring now? Because I've heard that people think once you once you become boring again, you just turn boring. Is that true? I know most of my friends that I used to have um, fun with, you know, friends that we used to always just joke around. Um, if anything, me becoming a believer and me changing my ways, it, it like, it separated us, you know? It's like, they. I feel like, you know, and it's understandable, you know, they're not, they're not used to me being the way I am right now. And then when it comes to their certain beliefs that I don't agree with, and, you know, I have friends who are, who are um, homosexual that they literally just stopped talking to me and uh, friends that are pro-abortion and- But let's, let's get this straight. Do you, do you still love them? I, yeah. I still love them no matter what, you know, it's, that's what you have to do is like, you don't have to love their lifestyle. You just got to love them and pray for them. Amen. Yeah. I think a common misconception is that Christians hate anyone who is homosexual or um, pro-choice or um, just anything feminism. And the reality is, no, we don't. We love the person that sins just like Christ loved us. We're not holier than thou. Um, but I mean, it's, it's part of the two commandments, uh, the greatest commandments that, that Christ said, that love the Lord your God with all your heart and to love your neighbor as yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it, it could be, they could be uh, great people. They could be, you know, people who are wicked, but you got to love them. You know, as Jesus said, that uh, love your enemies and pray for them. For you love only those who love you. Where is the reward in that? Right. And I think the world, though, they think love means tolerance. Can you touch on that? Like, do we have to tolerate the sin in order to, to love somebody? Me, the way I see it, my friends who are still in the world, they know that I don't condone what they do. And it's like when they ask me if I want to go to um, someplace to get a drink, I tell them, no, I, I don't do that. And they're like, Ray, come on, you just won. I'm like, no, man, because things can happen, you know, things can happen when you go to places like that. There's always a, a lure, like there's always a trap, you know, 
And I'm not gonna, I always like to go with wisdom. And with my friends, they know that I don't tolerate their, their way of life. And how you call it, but, and I tell them, I can't tell you how to live your life, but I'm not gonna encourage it. Like I have friends, you know, I have some friends, you know, that still talk to me that are homosexual. And surprisingly enough, they don't really get offended when I tell them that I don't support homosexuality. And it's like, sometimes they even agree with me that the whole pride thing and the whole LGBT thing is too extreme sometimes. Wow, that's interesting. So tell us a little bit how you came to know Jesus. Did your family believe in Jesus? Is that why you're a Christian? Well, my family, my um, growing up, my family was mostly Catholic. Um, that's how it is with um, Spanish families. Like most Spanish families are mostly Catholic. Um, don't ask me why. Like I think it's more like a culture kind of thing. But and, um, yeah, I know, I know a lot of Spaniards, and they they did talk about that in their upbringing. You know, and even as a Catholic, um, you know, I did believe in Jesus. You know, I always believed in Jesus as a Catholic, but I didn't understand everything like my only knowledge of the bible was from movies um i never read the bible from beginning to end as a catholic did you and not read the bible in the catholic church from the times i've gone to the catholic church um i will bring my bible but i i've never seen like the the priest ever have a bible it was always be just kind of like um paper or some kind of like um thing where it was just something that was aimed towards the masses and it, I would just laugh sometimes because I would always say that I'm like the only one that has, I'm like one, probably like one of the few that has the Bible and I might just wait for him to go into scripture. <laughs> Nothing. It's like, I mean, sometimes he mentions stuff from the gospels, mm -hmm. but you know, just what I always did, did agree with is the whole praying to saint statues and Virgin Mary, well, quote, quote, Virgin Mary, um, like, even, you know, I didn't have to read the Bible in order to know that that was bad, you know, because um, when I saw the movie in the Ten Commandments, when Moses said uh, that uh, you shall not have any other gods before me, like in the, when um, God was giving him the commandments, mm -hmm. uh, that made me think, like, wait a minute. And then I, and then I actually picked up my Bible. Wow. What you should do, right? Study to show yourself approved. Exactly. And it was so funny because when I saw I'm like, mom, you know you you're doing wrong right she's like what do you mean and I'm like it says here not to uh bow down to statues or make any carved images and she's like ah well that, that's that that's different i'm like mom those statues are carved images you pray to them and she's like ah you don't know what you're talking about i i read you're wrong well, you definitely have to pray for her mind you my mom never re read the bible okay so she she wouldn't have known. It says my people perish for lack of knowledge. And so unfortunately they just are without the knowledge and they, they, they need to learn just like you had to learn, right? By, by studying the word for yourself. Exactly. The problem is, you know, it's like what Jesus said that they, that, that they hold fast to traditions of men rather than God's commandments. And, mm -hmm. you know, I do teach my mom about the Bible. There's some stuff that she accepts, but then there's others that she just can't uh receive um i had a debate with her telling her that G that G that uh mary was a virgin when she had christ but then after that her and joseph had other kids 
Mm-hmm. Uh, he was like, ah, that's in your Bible. Like, I actually picked up her, her Catholic Bible and went to the same passage. Like, it says in your Bible too. Can we touch on that a little bit about the Bible? Because I know that some of the viewers here, you know, have never even picked up the Bible. They don't know that it is inspired by God. They're a little confused on that. So why do you believe that the Bible is the word of God and can be trusted? Because with the Bible, you receive so much revelation of what's going on today. And, you know, everything that the Bible said would happen, you see it going on today. Like you see like the love growing cold, like lawlessness, you know, and like the, everything that Matthew 24 um, uh, stated that Jesus said. And also like um, we all look for truth in our lives and it's only when we find the truth, which is Jesus, because Jesus is, is the way, the truth and the life. And once you find that truth, you never want to let go of the truth. Like the disciples, when they died for their faith, when they were martyred, you know, people think, why would these guys die for Jesus? And, you know, because people didn't think that Jesus was the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, that I always, I always uh, tell people that when you know the truth, you will actually die for the truth. Like if the, if the disciples knew that that Jesus was a, was a phony, they wouldn't have died for him. But the fact that they traveled with him, they ate with him they prayed with him they um they were with him for three years and they saw him buried and then they saw him resurrected you know you cannot you cannot lie about that you know is when you when you see a truth you hold on to the truth if you're willing to die for the truth also like you know and also like i believe that the bible is the word of god also because like like it says in the second timothy one of my favorite books, actually. Chapter 3, verse 16 to 17. Um, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And right there, it shows you that scripture, that it is breathed out by God. Yes, human hands wrote it, but it's like, the way that I explain it to people is like when you go to the hospital, you have a doctor and a scribe. Whatever the doctor says when he's checking you, the scribes always are writing down what, what the doctor's saying. Right. Sometimes it might not be the same way, but it's just the core essence. Like mm-hmm. likewise, the gospels. When um there's always a debate like how come um how come in some of the gospels it was recorded that there was two men that was demon possessed, but then in, in the other two, it was only one. Like, it doesn't matter whether it was two or one. It was the fact that they all had the same information that after Jesus calmed the storm, he goes to a a place where there was a demon-possessed man. And then he cast out the demons into the herd of swines. And then from there, the the man was healed. And he goes to proclaim the about Jesus to the people there. It's all about the core. It's like like a crime scene where you see someone murdered. Exactly. I'm just thinking police. that if someone testifies, they're, they're not going to know every single detail of the story perfectly. Exactly. Right there. And and some people are like, oh, but you kind of basing it on bias because you're a Christian. Like, um, we could go secular re- resource if you like. I mean, I have a book um, from Josephus, who was a Jewish historian, a secular um, resource. And even he said that um, 
Jesus existed. And so did Tacticus, so did uh, Pliny the Younger, you know, all these historians that were not Christian, they all in many ways like, uh, like uh, contributed to the credibility that the Bible is true. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so when did, when did you decide to become what's called born again and accept Jesus as Lord? Well, for me, like um, when I was young, you know, was, I was always opinionated, you know, I was always trying to find the truth in life, you know, like, it's like when my older brother, um, well, third older brother, David, um, he, he became Christian when I was 12, 13. Um, and he would tell me these things, you know, he would tell me about how the world was going to end, you know, like, like all this stuff and about Jesus coming back and you know, me is like, from the from the worldview, I didn't want the world to end. And it's like, you know, just so many things that we question based on our flesh. And over the years, you know, I, I've been wanting to do right by God. Like, I felt like, you know, as a Catholic, that I had to do, you know, work, like works that can save me. Like, like if I had to do like a hundred deeds, if I, if I sinned and yeah, like, I don't know why I did that, but. Um, that's, that you, that's what you were taught in the Catholic Church, that your works um, were, was what saved you? Like, um, I know my mom, she, like, that's that's how my mom always saw it, that, you know, like, that if you did wrong, you have to, um, you have to um, do good things. And, and say Hail Mary, right? Oh, yeah, like, I still remember those days. <laughs> um even with that, like, I always felt there was something wrong with it, but I still did it because that's what I was known to do. And mostly to please my mom. And, but my heart was never into it. Um, my heart was never fully committed. And, you know, it was only by uh, 2009 where my brother and his wife, they had a, a cell class Bible study. So, you know, me and my younger brother, we joined. And... Then he, you know, he did a prayer a prayer request, and he invited us to a, a encounter event. Mm-hmm. So me and my younger brother, we went. Like I remember, like feeling Can someone. You explain what the encounter means. Well, the encounter is pretty much. Uh, it was a three day event, and um, you know, you go there. You you cannot you cannot bring phones with you. Um, you pretty much had to go just with clothes and um. It was so funny. It was like, dang, we're we're like in the, we're like out there with no technology. Yeah. But it was, it was really good though, cause like it it gave us time to read the word, you know. It gave us time to get get into prayer, it, you know. We we did a lot of stuff, you know, just really committed, and you know, it was there that I found Jesus, you know. Like I remember that feeling where. I accepted him. I was bawling like like a baby, because it's like I found what I was looking for, and you know, and from there is, I had my ups and downs because there were times when I when I backslided, you know, like because you know we're saved, but we all have you know this body, you know, we're not made perfect until we go to heaven, you know, like like either we die here, or in the second coming where we're all given glorified bodies in the twinkling of an eye. Like we're always gonna fall short of glory, but that's why Jesus always says to pray, 
pray that you don't fall into temptation for the spirit is weak, but the flesh is weak. And we're in a spiritual battle um, every day. And it seems like once you become a Christian, you have this walking target on your back by the enemy. Exactly. Um, the devil is real. Um, I, I don't know if everybody believes in the devil, um, non-believers, but um, can you share any experiences on that you know, spiritual warfare? Well, I know with me, there's always spiritual warfare, you know, like whether I'm reading the Bible or when I'm trying to help someone, you know, who's going through something, whether it's a believer or an unbeliever, um, or even when someone who's not a Christian, like maybe a Muslim or, and they're trying to, you know, uh, attack what I, what I preach about. And, you know, I always, you know, cause I study, I like to study religion. So like, you know, cause it's always good to know. So that way, where were they? Uh, come at you with you know the truth you know you you know how to counter it you know because if I, when I debate I debate just you know with with wisdom that comes from the bible and you know it's because I know you know us I always say I know I'm saved because of what Jesus did on the cross and you know what like uh with the Muslim um how you call it I you know just like he asked me questions and I answered it I asked him questions that he could not answer like I asked him if if Allah was if Allah uh, loves us, that if Allah loves you and he created you, why, and let me ask you this, why would he create you with a need to feel loved and not meet it head on? Because according to them, in the afterlife, they cannot be next to Allah. Like they have to worship him from afar, even in the afterlife, not even be close to him or have an intimate relationship with him. It's like, you know. Okay, so Christianity offers up, oh, sorry, offers up us that that intimate relationship that is you can't really achieve the muslim religion is, is that what you're saying exactly because like i always believe that god god loves us so much and that's why he created us he created us because he wants to have a, a relationship with us he he created us with a need to be loved and like and like the only one that can fulfill that need to fully uh, love us is god and is I remember from a movie that it was saying, "Why would a, why would God why would a God create us with a need to be loved and not meet that love head on with us?" It's, it's like if you were to make your daughter, um, uh, uh, like um, with a need to be loved completely that only you can fulfill for her, and then you don't you don't like um give her that love. What would you say to someone who who thinks they feel the love of God and that they can achieve that? An intimate relationship without Jesus. So how would you explain that to them? Well, I would say, you know, there's no other way except Jesus, because Jesus is the only way. Many people, they say, oh, there's multiple ways. I'm like, no, there isn't. The Bible clearly states that Jesus is the only way, that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and that he is the only mediator between God and man. You know, it's, and also I remember from um, the Bible where it says that, what Jesus did was once and for all, that there's no other way to salvation except through Jesus. Right. And I think, um, you know, like the new age belief that you can kind of just get to God on your own, it doesn't put into consideration the fact that we're sinful beings and we need to be washed clean, that that we have sins and wicked acts that uh, their penalty needs to be paid and the, the, they think that they can sort of bypass bypass that process and I thought that too I was kind of into new age a little bit but I kept feeling like conviction that 
what I was doing was wrong. And I felt as I was pursuing it more and more, I actually felt more distant from God because, and I learned we can only go through Jesus because someone had to pay the price for the sin that we commit. And, and everybody, can you touch on that? That, you know, we're not, for someone who thinks that, oh, I'm, I'm a good person. I don't need to be washed clean. Well, here's the thing though. No, none of us are good. The only one as good as God, because us, we, we, we have flaws. You know, we, we, we sin, you know, it's like what it says that, that uh, the soul that sins will die. And God is holy. God is pure. God is good. God does not sin. And that's why Jesus was the perfect sacrifice. What he did was he was the most ultimate perfect sacrifice because he was without sin. He, he is truly the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And he was completely sinless. He took our, our sins, not, not just my sins, your sins, but the whole entire world. You know, whether it be believers or the wicked, he took our sins and took it upon himself, carrying it on a cross for us. With that, it separated him from, from God. Because when you sin, it separates you from God. Now imagine Jesus, him being in the beginning was God, like when um, God created the world through him. And he's always been in the beginning with God. Imagine that that's longer than any relationship that we have with our parents or kids or, you know, anyone. And in that moment, when he became flesh, when he, when he had to be made flesh and um, uh, died, to die on the cross, right there, he, he, like, uh, he was for the first time ever separated from God. And he was, you know, you hear him saying, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And sometimes we feel like that sometimes where when we sin, yeah. we feel like, you know, we're, it's like we feel that we lost our way with God. And it's kind of like when you're underwater and you can't breathe. What would you tell somebody who does feel very far from God and thinks that there's no hope left for them? I will say, you know, if you feel, if you feel guilt and you feel that conviction, pray. Because one thing about God, our God is slow to anger and his mercy is renewed every day. Like we go to the Lamentations. Chapter three, and it's verse 22 to 24. You want to read that for us? Verse number one. Um, verse 22 to 24. Through the Lord's mercies, we were not we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I hope in him. Amen. His mercies are renewed like every day. And it's, but just because his mercies are renewed doesn't mean that you should take advantage of it. Because, you know, like when you repent, it's not, oh, I repent and then you do it again. Right. You have to really deny yourself, you know, you have to deny the flesh, you have to deny yourself, like put yourself, you know, last and put God first. And, you know, it said that in like in the book of Ezekiel that the if the righteous person turns away and, and does wickedness, he, you know, he'll be separated. And then if the wicked man turns from his evil ways and turns to life of righteousness, he, he will be saved and, and God will not remember his 
his sins. Amen. Amen. That's beautiful. I think sometimes the world come against, comes against that and they think, oh, you know, if you're this serial killer and then on your deathbed you accept Jesus, they somehow think that that's not fair, that they get to go to heaven. Whereas we sin every day and you know, one sin, you know, even the sin of pride or this gossiping is like murdering your neighbor and all sin is. It's funny, um, it's funny that you said that, that people say it's not fair. Yeah. In the book of Ezekiel, um, it says right here, yet you say the way of the Lord is not just. Mm -hmm. Hear now, O house of Israel, is my way not just? Is it not your ways that are not just? Wow. When a righteous person turns away from his righteousness and does injustice, he shall die for it. For the injustice that he has done, he shall die. Again, when a wicked person turns away from the wickedness he has committed and does what is just and right, he shall save his life because he considered and turned away from all the transgressions that he had committed. He shall surely live. He shall not die. Yet the house of Israel says, the way of the Lord is not just. Oh, house of Israel, are my ways not just? Is it not your ways that are not just? Wow. One thing we got to remember is that God is the same. You know, he never changes. Mm -hmm. And you know, he is just. He does everything fairly. And it's not that God changes with us when we repent. It's that through God, we change. Because if we're, if we're wicked and we don't repent, you know, we're we're heading to uh to we're, we're pretty much laying ourselves into the wrath of God. We're gonna see His wrath, but if we change and repent, we're not gonna see His wrath, but we're gonna see His acceptance. We're gonna see His love, where He sees us. He sees that we repented, just like He did with Nineveh, that He He saw that they truly repented and He accepted them. Amen. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. How it's it's so simple. And yet, I think we, we complicate it. It's so simple to just accept Jesus and accept salvation, but it's a gift and it has to be received. We have to say, yes, I, I accept this gift. It's freely given. It's free, but um, like the tendency is just to deny to deny that Jesus is Lord. And if, if you deny he's Lord, then you, you don't accept the salvation and you, you would go to a place where you would be apart you would be eternally separated from god exactly and that's a scary feeling because like not many people think about consequences of, of their actions like especially believers and you know and it says it says it that um right here actually um i think maybe it's in first thessalonians or second thessalonians okay so right here um that uh Chapter one of Second Thessalonians, uh, verse five to um, twelve, actually. And this is about the judgment at Christ's coming. It was you said Second Thessalonians. Second Thessalonians, uh, chap uh, chapter one, verse five to twelve. I love how this turned into a Bible study. I think this is great. <laughs> so to our viewers, you should take out your Bible and you know follow along and study the word for yourself, not just what we're seeing here. So exactly. Thessalonians 1 5. Yes, one um verse 5 to 12. Which is manifest 
evidence of the righteous judgment of God, that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God, for which you also suffer, since it is a righteous thing with God to repay with tribulation those who trouble you, and to give you who are troubled rest with us when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God, and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. These shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. When he comes in that day to be glorified in his saints and to be admired among all those who believe because our testimony among you is believed. Therefore, we also pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of his calling and fulfill all good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Okay. So um so now that you're you're a believer, just um kind of wrapping up, um, what are some of the things that Jesus has set you free from? Well, I know he sent me from the redemptions, you know, like it was it was a process, you know, it was a process because it's not like a for some people is it takes longer me you know it was like a daily edification and sanctification and uh, i've learned to love more like more unconditionally and i've learned to have more um patience with people especially the, the unbelievers you know because like it says in the bible that um just like we were once in darkness but now we're in the light of christ so too you know like like a to remember how these guys are that they that they're in darkness and you know it's we had to guide them you know we had to show the example and i know with me is like um i read the bible every day and i study it and you know i do you know at work or when i'm with my friends i'm always um i'm always calling scripture you know i'm always telling them what's going on in this world according to the bible you know it's, and I always try to guide my family, you know, it's uh, it's hard sometimes, you know, but I usually say that I'm right, you know, when it comes to what's going on in the world today. I'm like, but I tell them, it's not that I'm right, it's that the Bible's right. Right. We're just messengers. We're just vessels for God to work through us. Okay, I think that's all the questions that we have. Maybe we should give the viewers an opportunity to... Um, Kind of accept Jesus if they're ready. Yes. Do you want to lead them in a prayer, and then I would encourage them to get discipled thereafter. But for those that are ready, um, you can you can follow along with this prayer. Let's do it. Okay, you're you're gonna pray, please. Yes. Lord Jesus Christ, Lord, we we first come to you, Lord, to ask that you please forgive us, Lord. Please forgive us for our transgressions. Please forgive us for our sins, Heavenly Father, that we present ourselves to you without spot or blemish. And that we ask you, Lord, to please forgive us for, for any time that we've done wrong to people or for having any hidden sins, Lord. You know, because sometimes we, we do do things without knowing. And we just want to ask that you please forgive us, that you cleanse us, Lord. Lord, for those who are watching this, I ask, Lord, that you please touch their hearts, Lord, that 
you open our hearts to to understand you lord and that you put in them a fire to seek you lord that they come to know you that they come to understand who you are and that they dedicate their lives to serving you lord because you lord jesus are the way yeshua hamashiach you are the only way to salvation there is no other way there's multiple religions in this world but there's only one empty tomb and we ask lord you please put your hand over everyone who watching this that they come to the face and i ask everyone here who's watching this if you want to give your life to christ today please repeat after me lord god almighty we thank you lord for sending your son, your only son, to be a sacrifice for us, so that through his death, we will not perish but have eternal life. And that through his resurrection, that we are that we are made righteous, that we will share in the resurrection in the end. Lord, please put your hand over us and put in us a heart that's filled with love for you that the Holy Spirit Ruach HaKadosh guides us and continues to keep instructing and convicting in Jesus mighty name Lord God Almighty Adonai Yahweh we thank you Lord and we thank you Lord Jesus for you are the Son of God you are the Lord and you are the, and you are God, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We praise you, Lord, and we give our lives to you right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yay. So if you said that prayer, all of heaven is rejoicing right now. And um, I encourage you to send me an email or something. Um, I'll put that in the description. And so we can make sure you get connected to a body of believers who can encourage you on your walk because you don't have to do this thing by yourself. Um, in the beginning, it's it's good to, you know, be surrounded by those that are, are believers that can help help get, keep you accountable and in the word of God. Well, thank you, Ray. Thank you so much for your time. And I pray that people were blessed by that message. And I, I believe that they were. I believe it.